right, happy, happy new year. You got me back there. Uh, again, great to see you all. Uh, kids, it's always great to worship with you. But right now, it's also great to let you go to your kids' rooms. Uh, so you are dismissed to go to the rooms that uh, are located on the screen right now. Thanks for joining us in worship. And I hope you have a great time in your rooms. And as they're going to your rooms, just so you know, they are actually learning uh, similar kind of things that we're learning in this room as well. And so thank you to our volunteers uh, that lead our kids and students uh, every week. Again, if we haven't met before, my name is Adam. And it is so good to see you. And I've said this before, I've made this joke before, but, you know, on these kind of holiday Sundays, you know, there are some people who stay at home in their pajamas, and then there are you guys, (laughs) the real ones. So thank you for being uh, actually committing to this church fully. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. kidding, kidding. Uh, a couple things uh, just to let you know about. If you are new with us, I would love to meet you at some point here at Highway. Uh, we are simply trying our best to follow Jesus. We believe that we are on mission to follow this Jesus wherever we go at our workplaces, at our homes, in our neighborhoods, and uh, to people on the margins. And so if you uh, want to know more about us, you can talk to me, or you can talk after our service at our connections table, or you can go to highway.org slash new to find out a little more. And then uh, also, we say this every week, but we only can do this ministry uh, because of your generosity and your giving. And we've been aiming for this year-end giving goal of $250,000 that will fund our ministries for the entire year. And uh, we are getting close to our goal as we speak. And so uh, thank you for giving. Uh, You can always give our donation box in the back or online. Uh, You can go to highway.org slash give. So. Thanks for that. Now, uh, I'm curious right now, since it is New Year's, how many of you guys would say that you are like a full-on New Year's celebrator? Like midnight, you wait till midnight, like midnight dash one, and then you're out. Like some of you are like that. How many of you guys would say that you're more like me? You, you would just say, hey, it's always midnight somewhere. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes. So we watched the New York ball drop, and we're like, we did it. It's a new year in America. We can go to bed. My kids are younger and they couldn't tell time. Sorry, the kids are here right now. Uh, we would just put on like an old YouTube video of the ball dropping and we'd be like, yay, we can go to sleep now. Uh, well, with it being new, the new year, uh, we, these next two weeks, we're going to look about this concept of having perspective. In a season like this, this is a great time to look back and to look forward and have perspective. Now, as a kid, I loved uh, these guessing games where you would be presented with a zoomed in picture and then you'd have to guess what the zoomed out picture is. You guys, okay, you guys have done that? Okay, we're going to actually, if you'll humor me, we're going to do that together this morning. Okay, I'm going to throw up my first picture here. Anybody have a guess? Anybody have a guess? Yell it out. The sun, I think I heard. A giraffe. There we go. That's good. Mars? Okay, let's go to picture number two. Everybody's wrong so far, by the way. Uh, picture number two. A date? Avocado. Okay, let's go to the third one. Nice. Okay. All right, let's do one more. You guys are pretty brilliant here. Let's go to our next picture. Okay, yeah, some of you guys are fanatics, so you already knew. You know what it is now? 
ice cream. That's my son. That's right. Chocolate ice cream. Now, this is a, a simple concept, obviously, but it is such a powerful uh, concept as well. This is the power of perspective, uh, zooming out. This is where the cliche to see the bigger picture comes from. Uh, because re- re- in the reality, for most of us, most days, if we're not careful, we miss the bigger picture. We're so zoomed in with our task and our worries and our concerns that we miss and lose perspective. Maybe it's uh, missing time playing with loved ones uh, or talking with loved ones because we're on our phone answering such important, urgent work things. Uh, maybe it's forgetting to check on a, a good friend who's in a hard place simply because we're just too busy. We've got too much going on. Maybe it's neglecting our health, our physical, mental, or phys- uh, uh, emotional health because of our pace of life. If we're not careful, we can get stuck and we're so zoomed in, we forget the bigger picture. But there are these moments, right, when instantly we have perspective and we're reminded of what's important. The first time I remember one of these moments was in uh, 20, oh no, 2001. Wow, that was a long time ago. Um, it was my senior year of high school. And my small high school was my world. I, I cared mostly about my football team's record. I cared about things like gossip and homework and especially what girls thought of me. And I remember at the time I'd wore these big baggy pants and there was this kind of gel I put in. It was called glue. And I would spike up my hair so much. I knew the girls would love it because they could put their hand on it and then make them bleed a little bit. It was like so... <laughs> It was the look. Uh, this was my concern. This is what I zoomed on, uh, zoomed in on every day. But one day in September, I stepped into the office where a group of people were huddled around a TV, and I came in right in time to see a second airplane hit the Twin Towers in New York. Instantly, instantly, my perspective changed. My small world with these high school issues lost all importance, and I zoomed out. I thought of our country and our world. I thought of death and what it means to be human. I was 18 years old, and so people were starting to talk about maybe there'd be a World War III, and people my age might be drafted and needing to go to war. The picture got so much bigger, my daily burdens uh, got much smaller. Maybe this has happened for you when uh, you uh, you get a call that one of your parents is sick. Maybe it happens when you see on the news about another school shooting. Or maybe when you have lost a job, these kind of things like instantly make us zoom out, zoom out and gain perspective. And this new year, this is the perfect time to have this conversation because it's a natural seasonal change reminding us another year's past. And next week, we're going to look at this perspective of what really matters, like looking at having a vision for the future. But today... We're going to discuss the importance of remembering what God has done, to zoom out and remember what he has done. So we're going to look together at a story of the Israelites in the Old Testament uh, to see what we can learn about remembering what God has done. Now, quick backstory before we get to the text. Uh, The Israelites are described as God's chosen people, chosen by God to uh, increase in number and be a blessing to the world. But in a major plot twist at the end of Genesis, the Israelites find themselves in captivity and slavery. 
And for years, their freedom has been taken away. They labor and toil. They're subjected to all the injustices that slavery entails. In the midst of this horror, the scripture says this. The Israelites cried out to God and he heard their cry. So they cry out for help and freedom and God answers in a series of plagues and miracles. He brings them out of slavery. He gives them freedom, but then they're not in the promised land yet. They're wandering in the desert. And this is where we pick up the story for us. Exodus chapter 16, verse 2. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Now, grumble is an interesting word. It's not a word we commonly use these days. In Hebrew, Hebrew, the word for grumble is a murmur, a soft complaint. Sometimes our grumbling can be loud and proud, but often it's just a murmur, right? Internally in your head, you complain about your boss and how they treat you. At night, you can't sleep because your mind's having a fantasy conversation with someone and you're saying, imagining what I should have said or what I will say one day, right? And our lives can be filled with this incessant murmuring and complaining as we focus on the things that are wrong. Now, a quick word on grumbling. If you were with us earlier in this month, we talked about the importance of being vulnerable with God, being honest and authentic with, with our doubts and frustrations. Uh, but the difference here is what I would say motive and heart. There's, there's a kind of authentic groaning and frustration uh, that, that comes from a trust. It's a, a pursuit of intimacy and connection. But then there's a kind of complaining that is self-centered, focused on what I don't have, me, me, me. And the first one brings us closer to God. It, it builds intimacy. The second one drives us away from God. I see these options clearly as a parent. There, there's a whining and complaining uh, that gets our kids nowhere, and it's just frustrating for everybody. Uh, but then there are times when we have these honest conversations where we're sitting on a bed and they share their frustrations and pains. And it's this version that uh, usually ends productively with a hug and there's further trust and intimacy built. So this grumbling that we see in the story wasn't a desire to understand and trust God further. It was a self-centered complaining. So let's continue. The, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So now the Israelites are so frustrated about their situation, they're reminiscing about the good old days of slavery. <laughs> we sat around pots of meat and we ate. I wish we could have just died there how quick they are to forget. A little bit before this, they had this desperation, this desire to leave and attain freedom. They had cried out to God and now they have forgotten. So what is the lesson for us? How does this apply? Here's what we can learn from this story. The Israelites were focusing on their circumstance, not focusing on the provision of God. Focusing on their circumstance instead of focusing on God's provision. They, up to this point, God had like given the Israelites gift after gift. He had provided by hearing them, answering them. He had dramatically rescued them from Egypt. He had parted the Red Sea in a miracle. 
And just a few verses earlier, he had given them water when they had cried out to him. The evidence of God's goodness was all around them, but their mind was focused on their circumstances. And I don't know about you, this is the same trap I fall into. This is where we need perspective. So often we focus our minds on our circumstances, the things that happen to us, the frustrations, the annoyances, the trials, instead of focusing our minds on the provision of our Creator. So right now, in this moment, we're going to practice a little form of reflection. This week, at the end of the new year, I encourage you to spend some more time doing this. But for now, I want to just give you a a quick opportunity to zoom out and reflect on some ways God has provided for you this year. Uh, So we're just going to spend a few seconds in silence, and, and I'll give you a few prompts to maybe help you reflect upon this last year. Uh... How about an area relationally where God has provided a friend, an ally, someone who has been there for you? How about growth, transformation, change? We, we often think of provision as materially, but how has God like changed you or grown you this year? Similarly, maybe you can just think of what is something you have learned? What is something God has taught you? Uh, your health. Sometimes we forget about this. Lori and I were joking. She had the flu last week. And uh, this comedian I follow calls it the post-flu enlightenment. Uh, we forget until the day after we, you know, we start feeling better. We realize, oh, this is amazing. Feeling healthy is amazing, right? Uh, or then maybe it is a material thing. So I want to give you a few, few seconds of silence and just reflect on, zoom out this past year and think of some ways God has provided for you. So again, this is just a quick moment. Maybe later today, before the ball drops, you can take a longer span and just think about this past year and remember God's provision. Back to the Israelites. After they grumbled about the food situation, God again provides for them. Uh, For the rest of the years in the desert, God gave them a miracle food called manna. Now, what was manna? It was this sort of wafer-like substance Uh, And it was made from heaven. And because we're from California, we might ask, is it gluten-free? Is it organic? (laughs) I don't know. Ask God when you get to heaven one day. Um, But every day he would give them this gift from uh, heaven, providing for their hunger. We see this in verse 31. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. Now, an omer was like a jar. Uh, They were instructed to keep a jar of manna so that everyone could see it. Now, why? Why would they do this? To remember what God had done. When tempted to complain or grumble, they could look at this jar and they could remember, yes, my God is the God who provides. 
this is another way, you and I, that we can gain perspective uh, with a daily practice. Every single day of our lives, we can learn to count your blessings, not your burdens. To count your blessings, not your burdens. To accumulate blessings, not burdens. A 2003 study done by the American Psychological Association researched different groups of people and found that those who kept a record of things they were grateful for experienced a higher well-being and a positive affect than the group who kept a record of hassles and frustrations. I don't know about you. When I read that study, uh, I I feel a conviction in me, keeping a record of hassles and frustrations. Uh, It is not my natural preference to keep track of my blessings. I prefer to start the day by thinking about my hassles to come. What's the weather like? It's going to be in the 50s. That's horrible. I live in California. Uh, maybe I've got a meeting coming up that I'm worried about. Maybe there's a, there's a tough church person that I have to deal with at some point. Uh, not in this church because everybody's perfect in this church, but in theory, that could be something. But then at the end of the day, what do I also do? Then I just run through my head about this conversation that went wrong, or I run through uh, the things that, that went wrong, my trials, what could have been done differently. What if we started each morning like this? Instead of focusing on the burdens and stresses, we remembered the blessings of God. What if we ended our day like this as well? Uh, this is what the practice of gratitude can bring us. And one of the practical ways of doing this, I'm sure some of you in this room do this already, is keeping a gratitude journal. Uh, this is something I started a few years ago where I just simply each morning jot down three things I'm grateful for. Uh, it could be big things like a relationship. It could be small like a cup of coffee that I'm drinking. And I actually just read an article last week where a man uses an actual jar And each day he writes on a piece of paper something he's grateful for from that day. And then at the end of the year, today, he opens the jar and he reads through 365 blessings that God has given him throughout the year. You can get creative with this, but the point is to count your blessings, not your burdens. To zoom out and see all the ways God is constantly providing for us. Now, the last word on remembering is uh, perfect for us because we're coming out of Christmas and it's simply this. It's to remember the gift of life. To remember the gift of life. I know it's very cliche, but it's one of the most powerful ways to gain perspective. Uh, Our oldest child is now nine years old and it's hard to believe she's growing up this fast. It seems like yesterday uh, she was born. I was 30 years old. I had no idea what to expect. I'd seen movies where the husband like faints in the hospital room, which I preferred not to do. And my wife, uh, Lori, she started uh, getting contractions in the room and things got intense real fast. And so I wanted to encourage her. So I gripped her hand. I started coaching her. I said, "Uh, look, look, we're doing it. We're giving birth. And she's like, who is the we in this situation? (laughs) Uh, And then... And then the atmosphere of the room changed. Everything started moving in slow motion. I'll never forget it. And a tiny baby appeared with these intricate feet and hands. I saw my daughter's little body and I looked into her eyes and it was incomprehensible. I was witnessing a miracle. My perspective was altered. My life instantly changed. 
full of love in a way I can't describe. I didn't ask for this. I didn't expect this. I don't deserve this. What is this miracle of life? It's a gift. Of course, on the other side, birth, there's death. Some of you, maybe this Christmas, you're looking around the table and you realize that someone is missing this year uh, and things just aren't quite the same as they used to be. Uh, my grandpa, uh, you might have heard me talk about him before, we lovingly called G-Dad. Uh, he passed away several years ago, but I always think about him when I'm preaching because he himself was a preacher. Now, he was a great preacher, but he was also great at living life to the full. He loved to scuba dive. Uh, he would do flips while skiing when he was in his 70s. Uh, he would take us camping and fishing. He lived life to the full. And I can't help but think of this reality that G-Dad was once where my daughter was tiny baby, a miracle of life. And a few years go by, and then he gets married to Gigi. And a few years go by, they have four kids, including my mom. A few years go by, and he has us grandkids. And then a few years go by, and he's passed on. This is life. It's short. It's brief. But when we remember this shortness of life, we can remember how much of a gift it is. The psalmist says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In the book of James, we were taught that our lives are only a mist or a vapor and they're quickly vanishing away. See, this truth can either be depressing or it can remind us. It's the brevity, the shortness of life that gives life its sweetness. Like one of my favorite theologians, Ferris Bueller, says, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop, look around once in a while, you can miss it. This is perspective. You have to stop. You have to look around once in a while. We remember how short our lives are. We remember that life is a gift. It's a miracle. But when we focus on our circumstances, this is all we can see, zoomed in, what's wrong, the things I don't have, our frustrations and longings. But if we can zoom out and look above and beyond our circumstances, we see the miracle and wonder of life. When we see the wonder of life, we can't help but respond in gratitude because we are dirt and blood and bones, but God has breathed his spirit into us and we have consciousness in life. We were created out of nothing, given a gift of life we didn't ask for, but we were called into it. We're only given so many moments in this life, and it's our choice. We can focus on our circumstances and grumble about them or choose to focus on the gift and be grateful for it. At the end of his life, Jesus was on a cross. His life had been a miracle and a wonder, but it had also been short and brief. He was familiar with the suffering of life, unexpected circumstances, bitter twist. In the darkest moment at his death, he looks at his, uh, his persecutors and by extension, all of humanity, and he says, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. We were not only given a gift of life, we were given through Jesus a gift of grace. While we were sinners, Christ died for us out of love and grace. In the middle of darkness and addiction and wrongdoing, fear, hopelessness, 
He gives us grace. And he gives us grace. He gives us grace. He doesn't just provide a gift of life, not just our physical hunger and desire. He is our living bread and water, quenching our deepest hunger and needs. And I didn't ask for this. I don't deserve it. Humanity didn't expect it. But when we turn our eyes to him and we see his grace fully, we can't help but respond in gratitude. We shift our perspective off of our circumstances and we direct them to Jesus. There's this old hymn that talks about this concept. And when we turn our eyes to Jesus, we look at his face, the circumstances, the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This is what the practice of perspective is all about. We take our focus off our burdens and we turn our eyes towards the giver of life and grace. And we respond in thanks. Let's pray together. Jesus, as we end this year, I do pray that you would show us how to zoom out. You've provided for us over and over again. You've given us this gift of life that we don't deserve. You've given us the gift of grace that we don't deserve. So teach us to remember this and respond with thankfulness. I pray for my brothers and sisters in here, some of whom have gone through a tough year. God, I pray that in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the hurt, that you would help give them some perspective, that you would help meet them where they are. God, for all of us as a community, as a church, we're looking forward to the future. Pray that you would give us a vision for what you want to do at Highway. Give us a vision for how you want to work through us in this new year. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Amen.